0: Welcome, Echo Church Online! Discover a life-giving local church where you'll find the community and support you've been looking for. Join us for our services at Mayo High School on Sundays at 9.15 or 10.45 a.m. We're eager to meet you and extend a warm welcome to the Echo Church family. That's right, and at Echo we hope you'll find your place, your people, and your purpose experiencing a true sense of belonging while building friendships and finding support. We believe this is what we're all seeking and we can't wait to share it with you. For those who wish to partner with us financially to impact Rochester locally and the world globally, you have two convenient giving options today. First, visit our website where you can set up an automatic reoccurring donation, allowing us to plan boldly and confidently for the future. Second, you can easily send your contribution via Venmo to at we Are the Echo Church. That's right. We appreciate your kind and thoughtful investments Enjoy Echo online service. Uh, hey, the choices we make, that we're going to kind of lean into that. And as you saw with, with my photo and Christy's uh, pasta making, we make some odd choices from time to time. And uh, there's just, uh, you know, we have a, a certain amount of choices that we just make without even thinking. You know what I'm saying? You go to the grocery store, it's paper or plastic. You know what I'm saying? Anybody tell me what you do? Yeah, yeah, you, you kill the dolphins or you cut down the, rain, the rainforest, you know, it's one or the other. Uh, how about this emoji use, okay? You have, there's so many to choose from, but what I feel like, and teens, you can help me out here a little bit, there are some emojis that really define your age versus the youthfulness of your emoji use. Is that true? Yes? Yes, okay. So like my go-to is this one here. Is what is that, old or cool or I should stop using it? They don't really know. They're just laughing at me, so I should probably start, stop using it. How about this? Yellow light, what do you do? Do you stop or do you press the gas? (laughs) How about this stop sign? Stop or roll, baby, come on. (laughs) Stop or roll, stop or roll. I should admit this, but there there was definitely a portion of, of my life when I was in college, there was like, I think, six months where I got three tickets for running a a red light, which that's what they said, yellow light, and then rolling through a stop sign once, and so um, uh, I repent, but obviously repent. How about this last one? The decisions we make, the choices that we make with an incoming phone call, do you send them to the voicemail, or do you answer? I need your help. Do you send them vo- Oh, we can't admit like that. We can't be that real. at This church, I know who you are. I was texting you the other day, and then, uh, then I tried to call you, and then you ignored me. Okay, all of a sudden, busy, 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 busy. Uh, anyway, we're in a series called Line by Line, and uh, we're gonna lean into the, the aspect of the prayer that says, I choose, but I choose to follow you anyway. We're just gonna kind of dial into this idea when it comes to our faith. Uh, it, how does choice and our faith intersect, and in order to do that, I want to open up uh, our Bibles to Joshua chapter four, Joshua chapter four, verse 14, and just contextually so you know what's going on, is what happens before Joshua is we read about the story about Moses in the Israelites, and you're probably aware of this, you may not be, uh, that, that Moses had this 40-year journey through the desert that should have taken 11 days, And then they're on the cusp of the promised land. And then they hand over the leadership to Joshua. And at that point, they enter into the promised land. And if you know anything about the book of Joshua, it's this. It's really a book about conquest. It's a book about remembering. And it's a book about choosing. That's what this book is all about. And in fact, Joshua, at the point of what we're gonna read, he is really old. He is so old, it mentions it a few times, and Josh has, Joshua has this farewell speech, and in this farewell speech, he, he talks about the miracles God did. He talked about the provision and the conquest that they, they really experienced, and in and, and essence, he reminds the people, do you remember did you see those things that, and, and the simple fact that God has fought on your behalf? And this is what, is what brings us to verse four. It says, now, in some versions it says, therefore, which would give us the idea that there was something in front of it that would want us to remember something and respond. So therefore, because God's provision, because of the conquest, because of the things that you've received now, therefore, let's do something about it. It says this, therefore, fear the Lord and serve him with all faithfulness. Throw away the gods of your ancestors, the gods that the ancestors worshiped beyond the Euphrates rivers in Egypt, and serve the Lord. Everybody say, serve the Lord. But if serving the Lord seems undesirable undesirable to you, then choose, everybody say choose. Choose Choose for yourself this day whom you will serve, whether the gods your ancestors served me on the Euphrates or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you are living. But, everybody say but. But as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. We will serve the Lord. Now let me just rewind a little bit. I want to tell you a little bit about this farewell speech that Joshua had for his people. What led up to Joshua say, "Hey, it's time for you to choose. It's time to choose. And and you may choose this way, but for me in my house, I'm going to choose this certain way." In essence, he 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 in this speech of his, he 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 kind of summarizes the book of of Joshua. And again, just as a reminder, it's about taking ground. It's about remembrance and choosing this is what God says and this is a farewell of Joshua in essence talking about God. God God reminds Joshua I took Abraham beyond the river and I increased Abraham's numbers and then I gave him Isaac when when it was really unlikely and then I gave Isaac Esau and Jacob and I followed through and gave Jacob his children And then they chose to go into Egypt. And when I saw them in trouble, I sent them Moses and Aaron as deliverers. And then he reminds the listeners, he says, you saw for your very own eyes what I did. I rescued you. Next, you crossed the Jordan by my hand, and I gave you your enemies. And in verse 13, he reminds the Israelites this. So I gave you a land on which you did not toil and cities you did not build and you live in them and you eat from the vineyards and olive groves that you did not plant. This is the book of Joshua. It's about how God intervenes and he helps the Israelites become established to to move from a bunch of nomads and into a nation. In essence, in essence, the book of Joshua is this reminder that God wants to come into our lives and take ground, but he needs us to remember, so therefore, we choose to serve God instead of other gods, or other things that will allure us, and, and as I was thinking about this, I was thinking about the book of my story. And think about the chapters that I have lived within my life. And the very first thought that I had is, when I was born, my mom birthed me and I looked like an alien. I just did. I just did. That's where the mullet began, right there, that very moment. I had so much top head there that it was like, man, got so much opportunity for the party and back. But as I think about the book of my life, it, you know, I'm born and I may not, it might not have started great, but, um, <laughs> but when I was three years old, I'm reminded that a huge portion of my body had third degree burns from an accident with coffee, but God kept me. And when I was eight years old, I was sick. In fact, I remember I was, but we didn't really know what it was. And I remember my mom bringing me in front of a church to receive prayer and God healed me. When I was a teen, I chose Egypt and I chose the world, but God protected me. God protected me. And I remember um, at the age of 17, I felt like God interrupted me and in my party and my way and my ideas and my choosing and, 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 and showed me his faithfulness when I was not being Faithful. And then I felt like God led me to multiple schools and and gave me opportunities for the very first time to to really step into ministry. And then I was introduced to Christy. Someone say amen. Amen. And then I had these beautiful, three beautiful daughters. And I I miraculously, God miraculously intervened during Kaya's birth to save Christy's life. And then God led me to cross the Jordan, led us to cross the Jordan, and now we get the opportunity to lead Echo Church. And in verse 13, it just resonates and feels so true in my life. So I gave you, God gave me the land in which you did not toil, and the cities you did not plant, and you live in them, and you eat from the vineyards and the olive groves that you did not plant. And so today... I remember those things and I therefore choose today who I will serve. For me and my house, we will serve the Lord. When was the last time you looked at your life, the book of your life, the chapters that you have lived and begin to recognize what God has done? Do you see the conquest? Do you remember it and does that help you make the choices that you're making today and who you're going to serve when it comes to looking at our own book right our own story we need to we need to begin to recognize that God is consistently and always giving that God gifts you all the time and you live in a garden that is full of beauty But it brings us to the next thing. Do you see them? Do you see what God has given you? Do you intentionally remember what God has given you? Or do you only see the trees that are dead, uh, uh, that are filled with death? Which ultimately leads me to what I want to talk about today, and that's how are you choosing And what are you choosing today? How are you choosing? And what are you choosing today? Because I believe that your perspective will set up how you choose tomorrow. Your perspective and what you see in your story and within your book will set you up in how you choose moving forward. So what I want to do is I want to get a little teachy on you. I want, to, I want to just kind of dive a little bit deep into this idea of theology of choice. And what I want to do is I want to start with, with God and choice, okay? Can we do that? God and choice. And there's three things that I want you to understand when it comes to choice and God. The very first one is this. God cares, but he doesn't control. That's really good. I think that, that, that deserves kind of an amen. God controls... I mean, God, God cares, but he does not control. That's what I've realized in my life. I've experienced that firsthand as a father. I desired for the last two years to have my youngest daughter, Keza, to learn how to ride the bike, you know what I'm saying, and get off the training wheels and become passionate and just excited about learning how to do that. And for two years, I tried, and I tried to encourage her to do that, but she is as stubborn as her father And eventually, this last summer, on the hottest day of the year, with a very small portion of time, she looks at me and says, Dad, I want to learn how to ride a bike. How many of you know that you can't make your children do anything they don't want to do themselves? And as a father, I just realized at that very moment how much I care for her, and yet I'm so willing to step back and not control her in the endeavor and the love and the desires of her own life. Revelations 3.20 says it like this. Here I am. This is God speaking. I stand at the door and I knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with that person and they with me. It is the image of how patient God is, how he cares, but he does not control, and he simply just knocks, hoping that we might respond. See, I believe one of the most beautiful things about God is that he's always given us the power to choose from the very start, which, by the way, I think is absolutely crazy because you're crazy. You're crazy, and I'm crazy, and, and, and again, like we, we don't choose very wisely most times, but yet God cares and he will not control. The second concept of God and choice is this, is God is patient and he is just. God is patient and he is just. It evokes the story in me about the flood and how it says in the story that evil literally penetrated everybody besides one family. That all they could think about is evil and God saw what he had created and the distortion of the enemy and and the current state of existence that he wanted a fresh start but he was patient and just enough to find that one family to save the whole world through it. I think of the story about Sodom and Gomorrah and how Abraham pleaded because his, what was his nephew or relative Lot was in the city. God has this conversation with Abraham and Abraham, in essence he says, I'm gonna destroy the city because of its depravity. And this evil, and Abraham pleads with God, and he says, God, if you just, if there's a hundred, will you save it? And God said, yes, I will. And, and methodically, they just go down and down and down and down, and they could only find Lot's family. And Lot said, I'm not going to save the city, but I am going to save Lot. See, God is patient, and he is just. Second Peter 3, 9 says this. The Lord is not The Lord is not slow in keeping his promises. As some understand slowness. Instead, he is patient with you. Someone say amen. Amen. God is patient with you, not wanting, wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. Which actually kind of makes me think, what was Lot supposed to be doing in that city in the first place? Was he supposed to be the voice? Was he supposed to be the answer to turn a city upside down for God? But yet God was patient with Lot. Number three, God knows best and he wants it for you. Someone say amen. God knows best and he wants it for you. Proverbs 3, five through six says this, trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not on your own understanding. And in all your ways, submit to him, and he will make your paths straight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What we do is we don't take the right path most of the time. It's illustrated through Moses and, and how he led the Israelites. They kept on making the wrong choices, and that's why they were in the desert for 40 year, years. And, and I'm just telling you what, God knows best, and he wants it for you. And that's what we have to understand when it comes to God and choice. But we have to understand that carries the tension of how we make decisions and how we navigate with choices. So me and choice, man and choice, human and choice, women and choice, kid and choice. We we also do things that maybe aren't exactly the way that God would do it. And the first thing we have to understand when it comes to our choice is this, is we choose incorrectly most of the time. (laughs) <laughs> I, I mean, I, I mean, we would like to believe that we're wise enough and we're smart enough to make choices, but I know in my life, and when I look back at the book, right, and I look at the chapters of my life, there are so many times I make the choice, and the choice is not quite right. So when it comes to choice in us, we have to understand as we choose incorrectly. Proverbs 14:12 says this: "There's a way that appears to be right but in the end, it leads to death. There's a way that appears to be right, but in essence, leads to death. You guys wanna hear a joke about choice? Anybody want a bad dad joke? Anybody, anybody, anybody? Okay, just check. An angel appears at a faculty meeting and tells the dean that in return for his unselfish behavior, the Lord will reward him with his choice of infinite wealth, wisdom, or beauty which right away, the dean, being a good man, he says, I choose wisdom. And all of a sudden, there's like a poof and lightning that strikes. And all of a sudden, there's like an angelic type of aura around the, the faculty member, the dean. And uh, it says, you have what you want. And then the angel leaves. And, and, and right at that moment, the, the dean just kind of puts his head down and and, and the faculty, faculty members were pretty patient, and they're just kind of waiting for him to respond, and they could not wait lo- uh, any longer, and all of a sudden, uh, one of the guys steps up, and he says, he says, please tell us something wise. Please, we're waiting, we're waiting, in which the dean replies, I should have taken the money. <laughs> I should have taken the money should have taken we we don't choose wisely all the time <laughs> it's a joke it's a bad joke but it, it's a joke nonetheless we choose incorrectly did i choose that joke incorrectly <clears throat> number two the second thing when it comes to us and choice is this is we choose impulsively any impulsive shoppers out there say amen out there today you know what i'm talking about it's it's easy it's easy something ca- comes across your instagram feed right TikTok, and it's all of a sudden like, no, I gotta have it, I gotta have it. Uh, what happens is we choose impulsively all the time because we lack intentionality in our life. It is so easy just to coast, and 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 if we're not careful, it starts pulling us off course, and 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 we start going on the path that is that does not lead to be straight, right? But James 1, 5, and 6 says, if anyone lacks wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault, and he will give it to you. I read that scripture because we need to be less impulsive, so our response to decision-making should be this, pause and pray. Pause and pray. Pray. If we did that more, I'm telling you what, it would change our decision-making process. What I'm trying to tell you is this. When it comes to our decision, impulsive decision-making, it would benefit us to take a moment and just breathe when it comes to important decisions. Pause and pray. Someone say pause and pray. Pause and pray. Let's choose less impulsively. Lastly, when it comes to choice, we choose in isolation. We choose in isolation. I just kind of want to do a shameless plug. You don't have to do life alone. You just don't. And I feel compelled to remind someone in this room, you've tried to get plugged in, you've tried to find community, you've tried to find friendship, maybe at, at Echo or in Rochester, and I just sense the Lord wants to tell you today, it's not time to give up. It's not time to give up. In fact, I, I kind of want to do a, a shameless plug for the young adults, and I just got to be honest. I'm really proud of the community at this moment. There are three amazing ta- table communities full of young adults who love Jesus and love each other. And if you are a young adult here and you are not yet plugged into one of those to- table communities, please, 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 please take out your fo- phone. Go to our groups page and sign up for one of them. There's a young adult men one. There's a young adult woman one. What's that? And there's a co-ed one. Join it. They're amazing. And I'm telling you what, you are not to make your decisions just alone. In fact, Proverbs 15, says, plans fail for lack of counsel. But with many advisors, They succeed. How many of you want to succeed in your decision making process? And that's what God wants to lead us to. And, and let me make it this really simple and, 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 and graspable and remember, kind of a little sticky here. Gather together, glean, and then go. I wonder if Lot, I wonder if Lot failed at what he was truly meant to accomplish in the city because he was isolated. I wonder if he struggled there because he didn't gather with other believers, glean their wisdom, and then go and live out what God has for them. See, I believe there's a better way to live within this better world, and, and, and it starts with choosing who we might serve today. I, I think we need to understand, and, and, and if you haven't yet, convinced that what we choose matters our choices no matter how big or how small they may be matters in fact my big idea today and i'd love for you to to take a photo of this i'd love to put have you put this in your phone i'd love for you to live this in a serious way it's this concept today it's your choice but tomorrow it's someone else's inheritance And as for me and my house, we will choose to serve the Lord. Remember, your choices will pave the way. Did you hear that? I know we live in an individual culture. I know we can buy into the lie that what we choose doesn't really affect the other people around you, but what I want to convince you of is that it does. What you choose what you choose for yourself today will leave a legacy or it's going to leave carnage behind you. The big idea is this, is choose to serve the Lord today so that you leave a godly inheritance to those beyond you and beside you. I don't know, I guess this message might be a little bit for the grandparent. This might be for the parent. This might be for the single person to begin to to realize that your choices will affect those around you. And I just sense what God is trying to to awake within this church and into this community is that every choice that we make is going to matter in the kingdom of heaven. And will we begin to take a sincere look and say, God, I will choose the way that you want me to choose. In fact, I would love to just leave you with five concepts but I think, how about you choose these five things when it comes to Christ? That you would respond, that you would respond in God's great love. When you hear that word respond. This isn't in, 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 in essence to try to earn something, but in response to something that you've already received. I would begin to choose to surrender. I would choose to surrender. I would lean into Jesus as my hope and my help, that Jesus is my Christ, my Savior. Number two, I would choose forgiveness. I want to tell you, unforgiveness is like a fog to your soul within your decision-making process. You will not see clearly as a follower of Christ if you are having unforgiveness. You hold on to unforgiveness in your life. So today, choose unforgiveness. It is the way of Jesus. Number three, choose holiness. If you don't mind, let me read you a quote from Eugene Peterson, who who wrote the message version of the Bible. He says this, there is a great market for religious experience in our world, but there is little enthusiasm for patient acquisition of virtue, virtue. There is a there's a lack of enthusiasm for a patient acquisition of virtue, of holiness. There's, a little inclina- there's little inclination to sign up for a long apprenticeship in what earlier generations of Christians called holiness. See, so what God wants us to do is choose to be more like Jesus and less like the world. He's called us to choose the way of Jesus. And you know what? That isn't something that just happens overnight, but it truly is this long apprenticeship. It's this long life of saying, God, I am gonna choose you today, and I'm gonna choose you tomorrow, and I'm gonna choose you the next day, and I'm gonna choose you the week after. I'm gonna choose you the month. And when my life doesn't look exactly the way that I thought, I'm still gonna choose you anyway. We choose love. Come on, somebody. I mean, we like that word, right? We love that concept. I'm gonna choose love, but I'll tell you what, choose loving when no one else is looking because that's the love that God chooses. That's the way that he chose love and how he chose to model it as well as in, in front of everybody. And then lastly, I choose to follow Jesus. I choose to follow you, Lord, no matter where you lead me no matter where you call me, no matter whether it's easy, no matter if it's tough, I'm going to choose to follow you anyway. Lord, today, I know you're challenging us. God, I know you're working in our hearts. Holy Spirit, I just know that today you are in the business of reminding us of the blessings that you have given us, we don't use the word conquest, but you have blessed us. Lord, begin to remind us, reveal all those blessings and, and may in that and may you in that reminding, may you propel us, encourage us to continue to choose you in a world that consistently chooses to follow in a different way today we choose you for me and my house we will choose you we will serve you we will follow you in Jesus name and everybody said is God good yes will you stand up every week we pray a prayer we're talking about that prayer as we go into this prayer, I want to invite someone in this room that may have never prayed this prayer before, that this is your opportunity to make the wisest choice of your life. Of a surrender, saying, God, I can't do this alone, but I need you. But for the rest of us, may this be a reminder that I choose. That it's not my parent that that chooses. It's not my grandparent. It's not my pastor. It's not my table community leader, but it is I who choose. We'll pray this collectively, but may this be individual. May this be an individual prayer. Let us pray. Jesus, I surrender. I have more questions than answers, but I choose to follow you anyway. I acknowledge that you live, you died, you rose again, all with us in mind. I accept the rescue that you offer. Save me and lead me in Jesus' name and his authority. Amen.